Sci-Fi for Me Radio presents Timothy Harvey, Jason Hunt. This is H2O. Hello, folks. This is Timothy Harvey for Sci-Fi for Me's H2O. And I am sitting across the table from Mr. Jason Hunt, who is slurping his coffee because we're still tired. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes, we are. Yes, we are. But there's a reason we're tired. It's a good tired. It's the tired of a job well done. It's a tired... Of... I have, oh wait, that reminds me, <laughs> Uh-oh. You, you vamp, hold on. So the reason we're tired, of course, is that we came from, you have a big thing of... We'll reward ourselves with, with Oreos, yes. yay! Yes. So Oreo. we, uh, now that the crinkle noise is over, we have accomplished our second major live stream event. Yes. And this was, our first, of course, was out at Worldcon when it was here in Kansas City, uh, when the home of the Hugo Awards. And this was Planet Comic Con. Our ninth Planet Comic Con. And our tallest. <laughs> yeah, and our tallest. <laughs> you know, I, uh, yeah, okay, so we get, and, and some of you, we've, you've, seen, you've seen some of the photographs that we posted on, on Instagram and, and Facebook. We got a 24 foot by 24 foot stage mm-hmm. that stood 6 feet off the floor of the convention hall uh which this year the uh, planet comic con used every single square foot right. of it 600,000 square feet in in Bartle Hall and all of it was show and what was really one of the things that was really cool about that is that they actually planned it out very very well because even though they used it all they used it in a way that there's still room for it to grow because there are parts of it that were much more open. Right. And the aisles were wider this year. And so yeah. it was a lot easier to get around. Yeah. I mean, it, even, with the, it, even with the heavy crowds on Saturday. A lot of people were talking about the fact that the that it flowed mm-hmm. better. Yeah. And they were able to expand quite a few different areas uh, of the floor. Uh, there was a whole, a whole aisle for the folks who actually craft things and make things. And considering how much cool stuff you can go and buy... Fantasy and science fiction. We're not just talking the artists here. We're talking the folks who build stuff. Right. Yeah. Um, you had. You had. Uh, because most of the time, at, at conventions, you have creators mm-hmm. section, and you have artist alley. And this year there was crafters alley, which was right. very, very. Uh, it, it was. It was a new thing, and I saw the sign. Like, crafters alley. <laughs> That's new, but. Um, it was fun because you get to see there were more there was more steampunk this year. Yeah, there was more anime mm-hmm. representation this year. Uh, a lot of indie comics publishers. Oh yeah, um, a lot of cosplayers. Cosplay showcase that section had been moved and expanded. Uh, it wasn't just one row of. of Unfortunately, at the opposite end from us, and there, yeah. The, the really cool thing about this year was that we had this great stage and all this great stuff going on, and we were able to live stream pretty much the whole weekend. And we live streamed a lot. We were on air live a most, lot. Most of the weekend, yeah. <clears throat> um, the downside is if we were on there a lot, <laughs> and <laughs> we... <laughs> we didn't see I know. It's bad enough. When, in previous years, where it's like, there was one year, Was it? I think it was two years ago, two or three years ago, you and I sat there and went, all right. We're just gonna go away for a while. It was it was two years ago because I re- I remember because it, it was it was at one point I think it was on Sunday. Mm-hmm. It was on Sunday. We didn't have any panels. 
to be at. <laughs> we didn't have any interviews that we were doing. We were t- all of a sudden, you and I just had a moment that we sat. And we were sitting at the booth. <laughs> and we we're looking at each other like, don't we? Don't we? Do we have some place to be? Why are we just both sitting here? It's like we have nothing to do. So you went off yeah. to do your thing. I was watching the booth. That was that was before. Uh, AJ came by. Right. She said, I'm going to, you know, she dropped her camera and her gear off. She said, I'm just going to go walk around because she hadn't had anything to do. And that was right before I got the call. We don't have a moderator. Right, yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, well, fortunately, we didn't have any mishaps like that this year, though. No, no. And I think that we have had, for good or for ill, um, some of the stuff has changed out of Planet Comic Con. In previous years, you moderated a lot of panels. And you were, I think, to our benefit, and and the, certainly a lot of fun for you. You got to moderate a lot of the stuff on the big stages. So, yeah. so that first year, though, when that when they got into the grand that the grand ballroom, yeah. the big one, which seats what three, uh, five, five or six, eight thousand people yeah. or something, it's just gobs of people. I remember the first time I walked in there, and thought, oh. Crap! There's going to be people, in there, <laughs> and I'm going to be up there, and they're all going to be looking at me. But the, but then I realized they're not going to be looking at me. Right? Yeah. They're going to be looking at whoever it is that I'm talking to. So I, it was okay. So on one hand, you got to you got to talk to and and moderate panels for some really really cool people. Mm-hmm. And um, but the last one you got to do, the last big one you got to do was Carrie Elwes two years ago. Two years, two years ago. ago now. And Planet Comic Con has changed. So they brought in some they brought in some outside folks who do this stuff professionally. They go around the world, the, the world in the country, and whatever, and they do this stuff. So, to some respect, it was kind of like you don't love us anymore. When I, I will admit, when they told me that Claire Kramer at Geek Nation was going to be moderating all the celebrity panels mm-hmm. last year, um, that didn't sit well for a while <laughs> and i know why they did it yeah hundred i know i understand the business aspect sure. of it um but but you can't help after doing it for years you can't help but feel a little bit like well thanks years, guys. No. so i mean yeah and and you know yes there's it's that it's that tough thing where you can look at it from a business standpoint on an intellectual level right you can understand it on a on an, on an emotional level on a on a personal level you're kind of like but yeah, so but, last year, last year we didn't have very much involvement in Planet at all no. because of lots of different reasons. But this year, it was it was so weird. Well, so so we go out and we do WorldCon, and everyone, and so we back in August we've talked about this before. WorldCon is a different kind of con; it is a literature con. Okay, so if you're thinking of things like San Diego and New York, or, or Planet Comic Con, or or Casey Comic Con, or any of these things where you know like the, your idea of a of a convention, WorldCon literature cons are not like that. They are they are a different tone. They are a different pace. Well, um, we even talked about it at the time that. It, uh, when we first walked in there mm-hmm. the first day you looked at me and said this feels like the old oh, inventions yeah. from the 80s right back, you know back when i was a teenager yeah because it, they, they were you had your media presence but it was so much smaller and it was so much more about the comic books and the books and the writers and uh, you know what artists that were out there so it was a very different vibe and so, in some respects, it was actually a really good place for us to do our first live streaming because we had, it was a much slower, much more sedate 
pace. At least the first couple of days. At least the first couple of days. <laughs> and suddenly people realized who we were and what we were doing. And there was this there's this weird tension between, because Worldcon's been around for a really, really long time, and it's got an old school mentality that's on that you can see that has that 80s feel. But it also means you get this sense of it not being very... Up with the times. Oddly enough, for a, people, for a group of writers who spend a lot of time <laughs> thinking about the future... Um, Technology sort of it just it's it's well it's not it's not necessarily part of the way they think of things and so they're not making that that A to B to C connection and we come out there and go they're going they're going A B Q what the, what was going on here and they were excited about it and we had well, a great they, time see the thing is though they were excited about it after they realized what we were doing oh, yeah. up until the uh, you know what you could see when the light went mm-hmm. off and they got it but up until then there was much confusion right well and i think i think part of it is part of it was not only just the 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 inertia of doing things the same way year after year after year. I mean, there's something that change happens, but a change happens slowly, happens slowly on an organizational level for a lot of organizations, right? It's not just them. But um, we came in with this, like, major shift. And, like, okay, so we're going to just do it live. And we're going to be it'll go on the Internet. It'll be, like, instant. And, like, sure, okay, why not? Yeah. Walter Day, who uh, who was out at Worldcon, and he said, and we've, we've mentioned this before, he, he came up with the whole process of online gaming tournaments mm-hmm. and statistics right. and all of that. Dan, Dan immediately knew who he was. Oh, right. this is Walter Day. <laughs> Who's Walter Day? I've never heard of him. What book is <laughs> We're he not gamers. Like, so. No, he hasn't written books. He's in videos. And um, he looked at me. And I remember talking to him after we interviewed him, and he said this kind of thing, you know, the video game world, this is normal. Mm-hmm. But for Comic-Cons, he said, you guys are breaking new ground. And now here we are with Planet Comic Con because the Planet Comic Con people were, came out to Worldcon right. and asked us, is this the new model? And I think that was the point where they saw it. Mm-hmm. And they saw the potential of what could be done. To a point. To a point. Because, because we get into the, you know, we had this great experience with Worldcon and we had a good time. And we interviewed a lot of really fantastic people. And we talked about this a little bit out this this weekend, um, this last weekend, is you know talking about you geeking out about Alan Dean Foster. I was geeking about watching you geek out about Alan Dean Foster, you know, and David Brin and and my inability to get him to go to his panel because I didn't care about his so, panel. So <laughs> today, well, we're recording on May the fourth, mm-hmm. Star Wars Day, and so there's all sorts of Star Wars material that's going around. Wait, not, what? Not on our side. <laughs> We've been posting other stuff, um, but um, I saw a little blurb. Uh, Alan Dean Foster talking about when he did the novelization of Star Wars. Mm-hmm. He did not get a credit for it. It's uh, The book is credited to right. Lucas as the right. author, and Alan Dean Foster ghost wrote that. And his deal, he had a two-book deal right. for the Star Wars novelization and then Splinter of the Mind's Eye. Mm-hmm. The original contract... Foster was not supposed to get paid for the novelization. He was only getting paid for the sequel. He was only getting paid for Splinter. Uh-huh. And he said he remembers sitting down at one point, George Lucas and Gary Kurtz and uh, Charlie Lippincott, and they were all there talking about the book, the novelization of the, of the mm-hmm. book. And the book came out like six months before the movie, it was right. November 76. And Foster, you know, nobody thought it was going to be a big thing. You know, Foster didn't think anything of it. 
But he remembers George Lucas was looking at him and says, I'm going to give you a half percent of the royalties of the novelization. It's a half percent. Oh, right, yeah. I mean, <laughs> okay, <laughs> gee, oh, no, thanks. Okay. Yeah. No, it's not. You know, and George was like, no, I'm, you, you're doing the work. You're going to get paid for it. And then, of course, Star Wars blew up, <laughs> and, and Alan Dean Foster is set for life. So, <laughs> so it's like one of those things that that, that, that stuck with him, mm-hmm. and, and being able to sit in a room with him for, what, 45 minutes and you know, walk, right. walk from the hotel to for the, a, the convention? For an interview that ran a lot less than 45 minutes. It was, just, know, it was just sitting around and hanging out with Alan Dean Foster. But, <laughs> but then you know, we get a chance to interview a bunch of the guys uh, from Wordfire Press, mm-hmm. and they were out at Planet Comic Con. And I said, right. oh, hey, we'll get to see Quincy again. We'll get to see David Butler again, mm-hmm. all these guys. And we never got a chance to get over there <laughs> because we never left the stage. So we, we – it's just insane – uh, Planet Comic Con says, "Okay, you guys gonna come out and do that for us?" And we're like, "Yeah, sure, we can do that. Where are you gonna put us? Because you know we have to we have to have internet, right? And, and we power. we have to have internet and power. These are things we have to have. And you cannot. One does not simply walk into. <laughs> one does not simply stroll into Bartle Hall, and get internet and power. Right. Um, they are things that you we can't afford on our own." Uh, let's just be let's just be blunt. There, it is a convention center, and consequently, there are convention center prices. Well, and it's it, not just your soda. It's, <laughs> well, it's not just convention center prices. It's the fact that that the the company that provides the internet right. and power out there to vendors and whatnot at events, they have a monopoly, mm-hmm. and they say, okay, if you want power, you have to pay this particular company for them to drop a a, a cord. Mm-hmm. To into the wall again from a purely business standpoint completely understand it from super expensive from our standpoint it's like ouch so two outlets i think for the weekend is something like 295 300 dollars 350 dollars right internet outlets and then there's the internet cost and you get the internet right so so we're like okay well where are you going to put us and they say we're going to put you down here by the press room and we're like okay downstairs downstairs under the event and we're like well, we can make it work, yeah, because we can. We'll have that'll be our that'll be our home base, and we'll send our people out on the floor, and then we'll we'll you know we'll figure it out, right? I'm like, okay, cool, all right, sure. Yeah, we would being on the floor would be better, but oh, well, whatever, you know. And then, and then, <laughs> then we get an email from Kirk Critton, who's the marketing manager of Planet, and he's talking about. Uh, hang on, we're because because the room where we were, the room that had been designated a media room for us was a conference room. And being a conference room is, you know, it's got a big conference table in the middle of it. Mm-hmm. And so we'd had, we'd, we'd seen some of it and, you know, we'd done a site survey and I said, is the table going to stay in the room? Because I need to, I need to plan my layout, you know, where the camera is going to be, where the computer is going to be, all of that stuff. And then I got a note back saying, hang on, we're rethinking where to put you. Mm-hmm. We're going to try to put you on the floor. And then there was this back and forth in the emails about getting us onto the floor of of the of the hall. Okay, fine. And then which we're not going to complain about. Yeah, I'm, and the the entire time, all of my emails was, "We'll work with wherever you put us. Mm-hmm. You know, the, all you know, power and internet. We'll work with whatever we get." Then suddenly, <laughs> they're talking about the live stream stage and. Hang on, wait, what? <laughs> and the what happened was in their discussions with the Bartle Hall, the the facilities people, the facilities right. manager, 
Kirk had mentioned something. In a perfect world, in an ideal world, he would love to put us up on a platform so you know people could see when you know, we're up there and, and all of that. And uh, the facilities people were, well, we can build a we can build a stage. It doesn't cost you anything extra. And that was the key. Right. It was like, ching. <laughs> you said, wait, you can build a platform. So we ended up with a platform six foot tall, twenty four foot by twenty four foot. Right. Up against the wall. Great vantage point. I could see across the entire way. And, we're, and we are about, um, I'm not going to say halfway through, we're a little bit, we're probably a third of the way from one end. Right. Um, so we're about two-thirds of the way down from the from the the gaming and cosplay thing at the far end, and then we've got uh, the work a lot closer to Celebrity Row. Right. And But we can see, because we're six feet off the ground, see. we can see so much of the con. We, it was actually a really good vantage point for us looking out over the country. And the, the some of the discussions that I've had with some of the, some of our staff afterwards. Mm-hmm. That 6 foot tall vantage point was a plus and a minus. Right. Because on on the pro side, yeah, it gets us up. We've got some great camera shots. We got some good angles and what are we can see everything. Mm-hmm. We're up there and people, you know, they oh, what are you guys doing all that? But on the flip side of it, we're not directly accessible to the crowd like we were at Worldcon. I mean, we're sitting right. behind a table. They walk up to the table and they say, hey, what are you guys doing? Mm-hmm. We can hand them stuff. We could talk to people. We can get face-to-face with them because we're on the same level. Right. With uh, with the stage at Planet, that was that was one thing that we were not able to do. And I, you know, personally, I didn't even think about it. Or we probably... And, and at one point, we did have some people down on the floor uh, because Jennifer was down there... Um, uh, David and Jared were were around that area, and stuff. Right. So we, they were passing some stuff out. Jennifer was taking pictures as the sci-fi for me, Timmy Monkey, mm-hmm. yeah, with some people. So all of that, all of that stuff was going on, but we didn't have that direct one-on-one face-to-face right. access that we had. And I think that would probably be the only the only thing that I would check. Well, and I would I would actually say that for for those of you who are out there, you'll you'll. Um, Recall that we basically have this, you know, square that sticks out from against the wall, and on one end, we had a TV that we were running. We were able to. We, we had so we had weird technical issues that basically involve, you know, asking your computer to do one more thing that it couldn't do um, to run basically the signal that we were broadcasting out live down to a television down on the floor so people right. could see it. And I think for next year, if we can figure out a way to do that on two sides. So we're actually, you know, people seeing us down that aisle and people seeing us, uh, you know, straight out. And also a banner because, uh, unfortunately, what you had was a raised stage with a black curtain around it and then us on top. So if you happen to just be walking down that side, it'd be really easy to not look up and see us up there. Now, we went I brought in a projector (laughs) on Saturday and projected the Sci-Fi For Me logo up against the wall and... With the with, with unfortunately, it's a brightly un, well, fortunately it's a brightly lit room. Unfortunately, it's a brightly lit room because it washed it out. But we had enough contrast that it yeah, and you could read it across the room. So I, it it did work out really well. Um, so all of that about our facilities. Now let's talk about what we actually did. Yeah. Um, now the the thing the thing that I've noticed, and I and I've and I've started to reconcile myself to this because I think. It could be, it could be our niche. It could be an advantage for us. 
because when we do these things, when we did Worldcon, we did not get an interview with George R. R. Martin. We no, although Mindy, our, our Mindy, Mindy, our intern, stalked him. A selfie, she chased him out of the bathroom, <laughs> and that that was. And I got to say hi to him. But you know, him being the rock star, oh, yeah. level. Not as tall as I thought he'd be. Uh, no, he's not. Mm. But here at Planet, or at any of these comic cons, like you know, Salt Lake or Dallas mm-hmm. or wherever, you have the media guests, the celebrities, right. and you have the authors and the artists and you know the, the comic book people and all that. Mm-hmm. So the majority of our interviews were not celebrities. Right. Uh, we did get an interview with David Desmulchen. Mm-hmm. On Friday, right? And, I mean, yeah. And he, I mean, he's been in Ant-Man, The Dark Knight, Gotham, mm-hmm. and he's from here. Right. And the Kansas City Film Office... He's actually doing another film here. He is. In, just yeah. It. Yeah, he's going to be shooting here next next year. Um, last year, he did a film here with Karen Gillan mm-hmm. called All Creatures Here Below, and I think that's out. Um, but he's he's from here. Right. So it was easy for us to get, make all of those connections and, and get him up for an interview. But the rest of it, you know, Planet sent a note out to all the creators and said, hey, they're going to be live streaming all weekend. Here's the email if you guys want to set up interviews. So we had people who are indie authors, um, you know, uh, small press authors, people, yeah. first-time authors. They just had their book come out and that kind of thing. We talked to comic book artists. We talked to comic book writers. And I'm, I'm starting to think that this whole sci-fi for me thing, the for me part of it, you know, mm-hmm. we, we talked about this uh, over the weekend. You know, the me is the you. Right. You know, me is everybody who's a fan of genre. And the celebrities, the big movie stars, and the TV stars, they're going to get the media attention from, you know, the big boys, the networks, and, sure. the, and the cable outlets and the magazine moot show, you know, e-news e and Entertainment Weekly and all that. Whereas the non-movie stars, everybody else that's at the con, mm-hmm. they don't have uh, entourages and press people and managers and publicity representatives right. and all of these agents you know half of them don't even have agents yeah. so i see us doing them a service and we're doing fans a service mm-hmm. because not only are we not only are we able to talk to people about their projects and let them you know let them tell people about what they're doing sure. and give them a little bit of a promotional platform and whatnot but we're also telling fans about, hey, here's this series of five books that you've never heard of mm-hmm. that maybe you might find interesting. Right. Um, you know, here's this. Well, we got this. Uh, we got this thing the other day. It's a it's a coloring book about giants. You know, that's not something you're going to see on the NBC Nightly News or right. you know Entertainment Tonight or anything like that. So I I see as having an opportunity to reach a market both from the from the standpoint of people we interview mm-hmm. and the people we generate content for our right. audience yeah. we're giving them something they're not going to find anywhere else this is not to say we would we would turn down 
big star wants to stop by and do an interview, we're more than happy to accommodate them. And we've, you know, we've interviewed stars oh, yeah. before. But, but I mean, no, you're quite right. I think that there's a, a, there is a huge amount of talent out there. And we talk about this in Kansas City all the time. There's just, just an amazing arts town. And these weren't just Kansas City people. These were people who came from all over the country to come right. do this. But there's a huge, I mean, fandom, so many of the big name names, that, that was redundant, the big names in fandom, uh, whether they're on screen or writing books, start off as fans in the first place. I mean, they got into this because they loved Star Wars or they loved Arthur, Arthur C. Clarke or whatever it was, you know, and so they all started somewhere. And, you know, we have a chance to actually see so many fantastic artists and writers and performers who are not this year's big name. And again, we come back to the fact that every one of these overnight sensations, every one of these big stars, before they became big stars, you know, spent years and years just working. Right. You know, they're the number of people who really were overnight sensations, their first role got them, made them famous, is actually really small. When you look at the sheer number of people who are out there doing work for years and years and years. And so the fact that we have a chance to talk to some of these folks who are maybe not having the, the gigantic media footprint is really, really cool. Yeah, I think so. And and the other thing, too, is, you know, it, it's the, the people that we're talking to are more likely to be sharing these interviews and this content with their audience mm-hmm. because it's going to be a smaller group. They're going to be a, a, a tighter group. Um, and and the indie authors, I've noticed, generally tend to be a lot more interactive with yeah. their fans. Well, they have time. I mean, I, that, 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 that's the kind of statement that sounds bad or can sound bad. The, the, the difference is is for when you when you become a huge star in whatever medium you're in you have demands on your time right. and some of them by necessity of you basically being being on that press junket or going out to conventions or working on your projects or whatever it is if you sign a big multi-deal multi-movie deal contract contract with say oh I don't know Disney and you suddenly find yourself you know in a Marvel movie series there's demands on your time. Right. And so you don't, by, by the, the laws of just reality being reality, you don't have as much time to talk to your fans. You, and so you treasure it. Sometimes you treasure it even more because you do. I just had a realization. Yeah. Okay, so Disney owns Marvel. No. Yeah. Disney owns the Marvel Studios. No. Yeah. Marvel Studios has Scarlett Johansson as Black Widow. Yeah. Does that make Black Widow a Disney princess? Because we know Princess Leia is now a Disney princess. Okay. Unofficially. <laughs> is Black Widow a Disney princess? Well, the problem is that you'd have the Disney princesses over here. It'd be like the lineup of all the all the classic Disney princesses. Right. And then you'd have, you know, the you know, Princess not, Leia. Not all of them are princesses. Yeah, but you but then you'd have, you know, and then over here you'd have the two girls with guns. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, so what two of these things are not like the others. So well, <laughs> it's got Jen Urso. Jen Urso could be a Disney princess too. That's true. So there's three. Well, it's okay. If Mara Jade were ever to show up in a Star Wars movie, and we've been told that it's not likely to ever happen. Timothy Zahn has already said probably never. Well, you know, if we've been able to bring her into the mix, you know, somewhere around, I don't know, Return of the Jedi, 
um, where she could have actually played off. Well, I know, but she, she could have played off Mark Hamill, but now it's just a little, it's like a little too, too little, too late. Uh, I still think that's her, her gravestone there on the on the hill. I'd take it. I mean, I'd hate, I'd hate it. That was all we get of her, but I, you know. Yeah. Who's that? That was my wife. Mara. <laughs> That'd be great. I mean, you know. Yeah. I mean, then she becomes canon. Exactly. Because so, yeah. she, with the exception of the fact that toward the end she became incredibly oblivious to betrayal within the family, um, but so did a lot of other characters. It was it was a writer problem. Yeah. So, but anyway, so anyway, yeah. I mean, it's it was just a really really neat weekend. We had a lot of fun, and uh, for those of you who caught. The, the lovely ladies from Time Bangers um, who came out. Um, yeah, i got to carve, carve that interview out separate and post. They, uh, so Jason did the interview with them back at Worldcon, and he got to blush because they are very funny. I got set up. I, well, of course you did. I got set up. So, the, so, so for those of you who don't know, it's a, series, it's a time travel series that's full of sex and comedy, right? And these things will, you know, sex and comedy are part of, genre fiction there's a lot of great genre fictions that are very very funny and farces are all about that <laughs> exactly so the ladies the uh, the ladies involved the, the two authors are very funny mm-hmm. and they are they will dance up to the edge of broadcast safe <laughs> and teeter leading over you're like oh god they're gonna say something and they don't but they're but you're you're laughing so hard anyway this year as we were here at Planet Comic Con, he goes, oh yeah, the, the the ladies from Time Bangers are coming by. I was like, oh, that's great. He goes, you're interviewing them. <laughs> I'm like, well, wait a minute. They interviewed you last time. I know. <laughs> so it's your turn. It's your turn. <laughs> and they were they were they were lovely and fun. And I got a chance to swing by the booth afterwards. I can I ran over there uh, on one of the gaps that that I had, and because I do listen to a lot of audiobooks. I, and I picked up I picked up a copy of the book. It's like the one it's the one thing I bought the entire weekend aside from the food. And that's that's the other thing. We sat and you and originally I had built breaks into our schedule. Mm-hmm. Because you know, I knew that we would need to take breaks and I knew that I wanted you know, I wanted to give everybody time to just walk around the con. Sure. And we had enough people can we come by and can we come by for an interview? And I wanted to keep some blocks of time open in case we had any celebrities that right. agreed to it because I was told that you know somebody was talking to all of their reps to see if anybody was going to do an interview. So I didn't want to block out the entire time with right. the interviews already and then not have any room for them. So Friday got loaded up mm-hmm. pretty quick. And uh, and then you know Saturday started to fill up, and then Sunday started to fill up. Oh, well, we're not going to have any time to just stop broadcasting, <laughs> and, and people just go. So there's it, it's a it's a double edged sword. It, right. it is great that we're able to go out and do this. It's also a, a setback to a certain extent as a fan. I don't get to go to the con. I, I get to right. be at the con, but I don't get to go. I don't, I don't get to go anywhere. <laughs> on the plus side, you know, you, we, you do have these really, really cool people stopping by and talking to you. Yeah. And because whether we're on air, because there were times that you weren't on camera and there were times that I wasn't on camera, but we were often in the booth um, or on the stage, uh, I still wish we had our, our cosplay stage. Oh, I know. That would have been fantastic. Maybe, maybe next, next year. year. <laughs> so... You still get a chance to listen to and watch these folks, when, even if you're not the one interviewing them, which is really cool. And we did get to look out and see a lot of stuff that 
and especially you right now as you're getting going through all the material that we didn't that we that was shot mm-hmm. but not broadcast because we had folks out on the floor we weren't just doing stuff live from the from the stage we were doing we had people out there doing interviews yeah we've got did, yeah, did you figure out how many hours we have i i don't i don't have a many total lots we have many hours we have many and i don't i don't know I think final count. I have to go through and look because I'm still converting files into a into a more user friendly format sure. for editing and stuff. But um, I I would at a guess hazard to say we probably are somewhere between 25 and 30 interviews, maybe mm-hmm. not as many as we had at Worldcon. But Worldcon was five days. Right. We had we had so. uh, and and we were doing all of that, almost all of that live yeah. on air. This was this was. Um, so we had the live stuff that we were doing in addition to um, Maya was going out and doing interviews. Jared and David were going out and doing interviews. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Dustin did a couple. Jennifer did some. So there, there is all of that. Plus, uh, we had some people in some of the panels right. writing up reports. And we're starting to post those this week. And we also did um, Level 77 out there. And we did Rose Gallery. Rose Gallery. We talked about doing H2O Live out there, and we never had time. No, we didn't. <laughs> well, although you and I hosting is... Essentially, yeah, yeah, essentially H2O. Yeah. But we also, we also did Zompocalypse Now, which went live, um, the live version. Did did that get reco- that did get recorded? You guys recorded that? Yeah, yeah, you, you, right. you, yeah I posted. I, you posted. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff. I understand. Okay, uh, last week I did four 12-hour nights mm-hmm. on American Ninja Warrior. Which means I was working overnight twelve hours. Mm-hmm. Wednesday night I did a I did an interview down in downtown Kansas City about what we who we were what we did mm-hmm. podcast that's going on, and then Thursday was load in Friday Saturday Sunday was Planet Comic Con. I have not slept <laughs> very well at all in over a week and a half. So. So for me to not remember mm-hmm. postings up, on yeah, it's okay. Uh, yeah. So, but yeah, we did. We did level eleven seven out there. We did Rose Gallery, um, uh, uh, several interviews, and so we will be posting all of that in the in the days to come uh, over on our YouTube channel. And we did pick up some subscribers. We picked up some followers on our social media. Which is always nice. Yeah, which is good. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest, Tumblr. All the places. Um, well, okay. Most of the places. Most of the places. Most of the places. I, I think it, in, the, in the overall grand scheme of things, I think it went fairly well. It did. I mean, there's there was always some technical hiccups, but that's any time you're doing something. I made the joke that I wouldn't, I wouldn't know for sure until about 5.15 Sunday night. Right. And it was five fifty <laughs> before I I decided we, we were all walking out after we'd loaded all up uh, about five fifty. I said eh, might have gone okay. <laughs> <laughs> it did go well. It went well, and we had a good time. And it's we're going to do more of them now. Well, see, and now that's the that's the thing. We want to do as many of these as possible. The next one, of course, is the the lightsaber challenge, free comic book day. We're figuring out technical issues on those. But then, of course, we've got Smallville Comic Con coming up in Hutchinson, Kansas, in June. Mm-hmm. And we've been invited, and we've mentioned this before, we've been invited to come out to Dragon Con in Atlanta. Now it's a question of time and resources. Right. Well, time and money to get down to it. Resources we have. 
Yeah, we have the technical stuff. Mm-hmm. We got the gear. We have and the and the footprint gets smaller. And we have the people. Mm-hmm. Of course, the people have to figure out, you know, getting the time because it's Labor Day weekend. Right. So, you know, all of us having day jobs and whatnot, we got to figure out the time to get off. Mm-hmm. But it's a it's a question of money. You know, we've got to figure out a way to get down there. Right. Whether that's, you know, renting a van, because you can't fly all this gear down because it's $50 a piece. Right, yeah. Eh, no. Just for a a case. So somebody's going to have to drive it. Mm -hmm. And so then you've got, you know, fuel. If there's a van, you rent the van, or it's somebody's wear and tear on their car. Yeah. And then you've got hotel, meals, you know, all of that stuff down there. So here's here's where we pitch the Patreon. Mm-hmm. Patreon.com slash sci fi for me. If you would like to support us uh in any way, shape or form, uh through uh through uh, a regular monthly donation, uh we will certainly not turn it away. And and all of that all of those resources are now right now focused on uh, our live stream projects. And I need to I need to change up some of the perks and the whatnot on the on the Patreon page, but right now the goal is Dragon Con in Atlanta Labor Day weekend. Right. So, which would be really cool. Yeah, would. And Helsinki. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I don't know that Helsinki's going to Probably not. And uh, did you see uh, Puerto Rico just declared bankruptcy or something? So, yeah, yeah. But Nasvik in San Juan, who who knows if that's. Gonna, I, mean, I haven't I haven't seen anything about Nasvik changing locations, but well, the the I hope there's no impact there. Pro- probably not, because like like many bankruptcies to some degree, and not to get into legal and, and political stuff here, but when you when when a, a state or or province or whatever declares bankruptcy, usually it's just a way to give them time to to readjust their debt. Yeah. And Puerto Rico has been struggling with their debt for quite a long time. So I know the feeling. Yeah. <laughs> so in this particular case, what will end up happening is they're going to be looking for more money coming in, yeah. and that's every anything that can come in and generate money for the community and 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 the the state is going to be of benefit. So speaking, hopefully, speaking hopefully of, everything will be fine. This. Yeah. I appreciate this. So uh, so I do my taxes. I filed my taxes on time this year. It's very yay. Proud. You're a grown up. And <laughs> I managed to get a refund hey oddly enough weird i was like that's very strange okay i'll take it mm-hmm. it got here and i had a plan for it uh-oh <laughs> <laughs> you know what happens when plans meet people oh yeah uh-huh yeah the the, the entire plan just got completely oh of course by other people calling and saying where's our money yeah exactly that's how it works really? uh yeah i got my i got my um i got my federal return back Yesterday, and I looked at it, and I was like, and, and I noticed because I logged into my bank account to see how how much money do I have right now. Mm-hmm. I don't actually know. That's a terrifying thought. And I logged in and went, oh, "Okay, I got that much." Oh, the reason I have that much is because yeah. I got my federal return. Go. Well, good, I got my federal return. Yay! Yeah. Okay, breathe easier for the like five minutes. Hey, the fe- the fe- the federal right return now. paid my rent this month, so I'm like, yay. <laughs> Okay, well, that's going to do it for us this time. If you guys were out at Planet Comic Con and you have experiences that you would like to share with us, you can send that email. We would love to hear them. Absolutely love to hear them. H2O at SciFiForMe.com. Or you can leave a comment on all of our social media we mentioned earlier. And if you would like to help us get to Dragon Con or Smallville or wherever else we we roam the country to land to do these live streams. Helsinki. Uh, patreon.com slash sci-fi for me is where you can help us with that 
And uh, yeah, who knows? We'll we'll come up with another topic in a couple of weeks, and we'll talk about that. And like we do, like we do. We're just uh, we're still kind of just coming down from yeah from planet. Yeah, I need a nap. All right, that's going to do it for us. Thanks very much for listening, folks. I'm Jason Hunt. I'm Timothy Harvey, and uh, you are listening to Sci-Fi from Your Radio. This has been a presentation of Sci-Fi for Me Radio, copyright 2017, by Flaming Dog Media, LLC, all rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media. This is Sci-Fi for Me Radio.